Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Ezra Ogut. She is the author of a book called Money Does Grow on Trees, The Myths We Create and Live By. Welcome to the show, Ezra. Hello, Jordan. Thank you so much for having me. Just give us a little brief history of, uh, you know, your life and, and how it got to, uh, to writing this book before we get into the content of the book. Sure. Well, uh, I finished university in Turkey and then I was in love with the States. So I came over to the States and uh, also finished UCLA over there. And although, you know, I was highly educated uh, till my mid-30s, I was always suffering in the Department of Money up to the point of having a super hard time paying rent, doing all kinds of menial jobs. It actually reached a point, believe it or not, in 2006 or five, where I wasn't even allowed to open any bank accounts anywhere in the US because of how many times I would go under in my balance. So uh, what happened is, and this is what we teach now, I found a mentor to figure out why I'm doing so poorly in this money manifestation department. And uh, through his coaching, I was able to locate what's the story behind, what's the belief system behind that had me successfully failing in making any kind of money. And soon after, I would say between three to six years, I made my first million dollars. So that's the short version of the story. Why I wrote the book? Well, once you get out of a box, once you get out of your cage, it's like whatever tragedy you're living actually ends up becoming a comedy. And then you just want other people to know that it doesn't have to be hard. It can be done. It's possible. And it's easy. So that's why I wrote the book. So just tell us in general, we're going to go into the detail, but just tell us in general how one's belief system affects how you do or do not have prosperity, how, how prosperity manifests itself. Sure. Um, well, let me start with my example. When my teacher, my, when my mentor told me, as I tried, you know, the first time that you began relating to money. And of course, it wasn't just as simple, you know, through the techniques I was able to find uh, myself as a seven-year-old girl with grown-ups talking, uh, you know, in the living room, and I'm kind of listening in the background like a rabbit uh, to what's going on. And they were talking about this uh, arranged marriage where a super young girl had been married off to a very rich guy, a rich doctor. And they were saying, oh, this is what women should do. Women should marry for status and money if they want to have an easy life. And a woman who follows her heart is stupid. And as a seven-year-old, I get shocked listening to this conversation. I get very mad, very anxious. Uh, I lock myself into the bathroom. I look at the mirror and I say, I will always follow the way of love and never the way of money. So through this happening around me, I came to the conclusion as if in reality, we can only follow, we have to choose what side we're going to belong to. And this is exactly, I mean, to my shock when I remembered this memory, this is precisely, but to the T in every single detail, how my life had manifested uh, well into my mid-30s. So that was a huge awakening you to see. Yeah, you were choosing love, not money, but that meant not having much money. Exactly. So I would go after jobs I love. I would be, you know, successful. I studied uh, film. I got to work with Oliver Stone. And always it would just kind of, you know, seemingly out for outside reasons. Like nobody could ever pay me any money. So I was always kind of working for free. Even if I did well, money would never come through something that I love to do. And then, of course, I would freak out, would have to pay rent. And then I would just go and do some other job that I hated just to be able to, you know, eat, basically. So it was precisely, you know. But how do people uh, turn that around if they're in a situation where, just take your situation, say they believe in love, not money, but they're not having any money. How do they turn that around so they can have both? They can enjoy what they're doing and make money from it. Well, first of all, um, here's the thing. If we're saying, if we're claiming that we want more prosperity 
and somehow it's not happening and there's a limitation. We need to stop like blaming the economy, the this, the that, and kind of begin to look inside and see what is our story around money that we are usually 100% unconscious of. Now, there are many techniques for this, and this is where the coaching comes in, but one simple technique is where you close your eyes and you know, you're claiming you want more prosperity, so you put yourself into a visualization where you really exaggerate the prosperity and like an, like an allergy test, uh, try to find out what makes you uncomfortable. And mm -hmm. through finding the discomfort, first the emotion comes up, and then you begin asking, for example, it could be shame. You know, I, I get that a lot. Well, I'll put the person into this uh, visualization. They say they want to make money. They say they've been trying for I don't know how many years. One girl, exam for example, that I put into this visualization, she started like sweating. And she said, I feel so much shame. And I'm like, okay, why, why is that? Where is the shame coming from? And her specific belief system was, if I have more than enough, if I have more than just to get by, then others will have less because of me. Mm -hmm. Now, if this is something you believe that you're not even aware you believe, whatever you do, you're not going to get any more prosperity than just getting by because that's what you're asking for through your belief system. So is this something that people can do on their own or they need counseling to be able to? It sounds like it would be difficult for people to see their own situation that they're in, their own beliefs to some extent? Well, you know, it just depends where a person is. I mean, we have seen with my husband through the book, sometimes if the person is like already super close, uh, you know, just they just need one little push over the edge. It's, it's possible. It's happened through reading books, but usually coaching. Uh, I mean, that's how I found it. That, that's how my husband found it. That's how the people we work with find because it's not a doing thing. It's an awareness thing, and it's catching those unconscious belief systems that we're carrying around. So specifically, one of your uh, systems, I guess you say, is the spender's law, where people are spending more than they're making on an yeah. ongoing basis. So how, if you're spending more than you're taking in, how does that indicate your relationship with money? Well, here's the thing. If you have, I mean, that's a great question, uh, Jordan. If uh, we're in the spender's law, meaning we're overspending, we're basically spending more than we're making, that's pretty much a very clear indication that the person has a negative relationship with money. I mean, right there, that's a very good evidence that that's the case. And so uh, it's a good point to begin researching uh, my mentor took forever to get me to save money because I was convinced with $1,000 I was making a month at that time that saving was an impossibility. And yet, when I made that true being choice to belong to prosperity and got over my story, I began just saving $100 a month. That was it. And that changed my relationship to how I'm choosing to relate to money that made a big, it was one of the big stepping stones to opening up to more. And a big part of it is debt. I mean, people spending more than they're making usually finance the difference with debt, which costs them a lot of interest, just gets them deeper and deeper. So I would assume going into debt is part of the same belief system. Exactly, exactly. And it's really funny. My um, husband wrote a book, but in Turkish, uh, and it became a very big book back in the heydays. And he was basically suggesting for people to cut their credit cards <laughs> if they don't have a, you know, if they don't have a, a good relationship with money. And it's so funny. Many people did that in Turkey, interestingly enough. And, uh, you know, it seemed to help because when, you know, in America, you can't because everything is with credit cards. But yeah, I mean, debt psychology is basically an indication that we have a negative relationship with money. There's a part of us that doesn't want money near us. So unconsciously, we have to keep getting rid of it. The system has to get rid of it. The mind, the being has to just get rid of it, which is exactly what I would do with the little I made. I would spend it all before the month is done. It's amazing, okay? Because <laughs> there's a lot of debt in the world that people you know, want certain things and don't have the money for it, so they go into debt to get things they can't afford, 
basically. Exactly, exactly. And that, again, comes from a lack of prosperity consciousness. So we can think of the lack of prosperity consciousness like a hungry stomach, okay? So every now and day, then you're going to get hungry, and then you're going to go and eat a lot or buy a lot just to, like, satisfy your sense of lack. But it's always temporary, and you're going to suffer a lot and have indigestion by the time after 30 days your credit card debt comes in front of you and you see that you've overspent. So when people lack in prosperity consciousness, one way in which they try to fill that hole is buying things that they don't even really need. And of course, America and Turkey actually is very, very similar. Turkey kind of follows whatever America does most of the time. And these are societies like consumer societies. So all the advertisements, all the things that we're taught is like, oh, my God, we can't survive unless we have this, that and the other thing. And it's not true. So one of the first things I learned from my mentor that really shifted my thinking was he said, the one that has prosperity consciousness is the one that needs less. And the one who has prosperity lack, lack consciousness, always needs more, always needs to have more because there's a hungry stomach there. You're saying it's ultimately a choice. What you're aware of it is a choice you can make to have prosperity consciousness. Most people think it's not something they can do something about between their ears, it's in their mind. It's something that the outside world gives them the opportunity to do or not. Yes, definitely. I mean, that's what I used to think too. And again, one of the biggest sentences that shook me out of my socks was uh, when my mentor very early on said, you know what, Estra, the only simple difference between those that are rich and those that are not is the one that has prosperity has somehow chosen to belong to prosperity. And the one that doesn't has had some sort of a rejectionary belief system. And I thought that was like overly simplistic at that point. However, when I made that choice and really very fast saw a manifestation in the opposite direction, uh, I thought, well, maybe I'm just like one example like this. But now it's been like 20 years, 25 years that we're coaching people. And I see this all the time. Anyone who has a money problem has a negative belief system and relationship to money that they decided usually before they were 10 years old. So, you know, we, you know, when you have a, in my case, for example, a seven-year-old uh, dealing, you know, uh, in charge of my financial life, her thinking, her choice, uh, handling my financial life, obviously it's not going to go anywhere good. Yes, very good. Okay, we're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Ezra Ogut. She is the author of Money Does Grow on Trees the myths we create and live by. And she has a website you can find out more, which is Ike, I-K-E, and Ezra, E-S-R-A, now.com. We'll be back after this. Folks, we're teetering on the brink of an economic meltdown that's threatening to wash away your savings and retirement. Inflation has surged to levels unseen in over 40 years. Prices are spiraling out of control our money buys less and less, and Americans are incurring more debt just to stay afloat. You budget your expenses carefully, but each trip to the grocery store feels like it's a wallet-pinching experience. Gasoline prices are spiking, and your monthly bills are escalating. This is what inflation is, and that silent evil force eats away at your wallet and purchasing power. Basic necessities are now unattainable luxuries. And when prices spiral out of control, they not only disrupt your ability to live day to day, they jeopardize your savings and retirement. Know this, as your living expenses rise higher than the income your retirement savings can generate, you will eventually run out of money. Don't let this happen. Protect your retirement with gold. Gold is the smartest and most responsible investment you can make for you and your family. It's a safe haven investment that protects your purchasing power and your wallet from inflation. Take it from me, it's just financially smart for all of us to diversify our retirement accounts with gold and protect what we've worked so hard for. When it comes to protecting your IRA or your 401k, I would only trust the best, my friends at Allegiance Gold. Allegiance Gold has earned the highest trust ratings in the precious metals industry and builds relationships based on integrity, 
expertise, and impeccable service. Get up to $5,000 in free silver on a qualifying purchase when you visit protectwithgoodman.com today. That's protectwithgoodman.com. Or give them a call at 844-790-9191 and speak with one of their experts. They'll answer all your questions and help you get started on the path to a more secure and prosperous retirement. Time is of the essence. Protect your future with Allegiance Gold at Protect with Goodman today or 844-790-9191. Nobody likes the guy who says, I told you so. The guy in 1991 who said to you, invest in the internet, it's going to be huge. Or the guy in 1997 who said, come on, this is going to be big. They call it social media. And the guy in 2009 who said, I'm telling you, man, crypto is real. Now, I'm not going to be that guy who says, I told you so. But I am telling you that there is a 21-year-old international company where you can become a global project partner, earning a passive income doing exactly what you're doing at this moment. No selling, no recruiting clients, no administering a business after hours. Visit www.mypassiveincome.life now. That's mypassiveincome.life. Don't let history repeat itself on this one. Earn a passive income. Now listen again. That's mypassiveincome.life. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Ezra Ogut. She is the uh, author of a book called Money Does Grow on Trees, The Myth We Create and Live By. And she has a website you can find out more, which is Ike, I-K-E, and Ezra, E-S-R-A, now.com. Welcome back to the show, Ezra. Hi, Jordan. So explain the title of the book, Money Does Grow on Trees, because we're told that money does not grow on trees. So how, how are you? <laughs> refuting everything we've ever heard <laughs> well um that's the problem like we think that the resources are limited and this is how we're taught uh, also economically this is how we're taught but really understanding prosperity consciousness is just like if you think of nature it's never kind of lacking unless we kind of misalign it as people and ruin it uh the resources are not limited so it's only our belief systems that it, the way I look at prosperity is like the sunlight. It is just available all the time. And, you know, just because you have solar panels on top of your house and you're, you know, doing a great job pulling a lot of sunlight, it doesn't mean anybody else is going to have less because of you. However, due to belief systems, if we're staying out of the sunlight, then we're not going to be experiencing the abundance that other people are experiencing. So uh, I have come to believe that and I have come to live by it and I have come to teach it and I see it work again and again. So again, if we're having problems with prosperity, one other way to align ourselves with the prosperity consciousness is get out of the conditionings that we've been taught and recreate in a way that feels good for us what prosperity means for us, because really abundance is everywhere. So tying into that, how we focus, I mean, are we constantly focusing like, oh, it's so expensive and no, I can't afford it and no, I don't have, or with whatever it is that we have, can we stay in this focus of 
gratefulness and gratitude. So that was one of the attitudes I changed in my life. I used to be in the first group I'm describing all the time, feeling like, oh, I don't have this and I can't afford that and da, 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 da. And both me and my husband decided in 2007 that for 365 days, every day, we're going to be grateful for what we have, but like spend 30 minutes talking about it. Um, I'll never forget January 2007, I was making $1,000 a month. By the end of that year, both of us together, uh, sorry, separately, we're making about fifteen dollars to $20,000 back then. So we were able to increase our income by that amount of time, by just that amount uh, altogether, by just shifting the focus from the story of I don't have to I have, I have, there is, there is. So focus creates reality. I mean, the vast majority of people on earth are poor, like very poor. So you're saying that all those people who are poor, if they just change their attitude, they could have abundance. Well, it's their attitude and again, their belief systems, because it's not just attitude. And actually, you can't change the attitude until you change the belief system. But yes, some of the richest people I have met in my life are, you know, started life off as being the poorest. Mm -hmm. So being poor is not a problem. Actually, being poor can create such a contrast and such a wish and a desire that those are the people that if they choose, they jump way more than people who do come from abundance due to the contrast. Yeah. Now, one of the things you say is there's a big difference between givers and takers. Uh, so explain what that is and how can one go from being a taker to being a giver? And what is the impact of that on your financial life? Uh, well, I, again, see givers and takers like the breath. Um, you know, we cannot all the time survive on inhaling. We cannot all the time survive on exhaling. So there has to be this circulation. And same with people doing, you know, their jobs. Often because people come from the sense of fear and survival and, you know, oh, my God, money sources are la lacking and I don't have any. They're out to kind of grab your money from you. And when that happens energetically, as a customer, you can feel that. If the person needs your money, you feel it. And although maybe you can't logicalize it, but there's something in you that just kind of wants to not give your money in that direction, kind of wants you, you know, makes you run away. Whereas instead of being so busy about what you're going to take, if you can focus on what value you can put on the table, and that's what we call being a giver, then you are actually creating value. You're caring about creating value. And when, I mean, doesn't that happen to you, Jordan, when someone's like super excited about what they have to offer and they believe it like it's, it's the sun or something like that? You get excited, and even if you don't need that thing, you just want to support that person and buy whatever they're offering because of their excitement. Mm -hmm. So one of the things I've seen after uh, and during the COVID that I feel has happened to America, besides, you know, as a country being in spender's law galore, is I've, I've, I've been very disappointed with how much the standards of things have fallen whether it's in the restaurants or in the service department or people working where they just don't care about the value that they're putting out. They don't really care about the customer. And to me, for example, that immediately turns me off from spending my money because who I give my money to is very important for me. How, how has COVID changed the attitude towards customers uh, as you describe it? Well, I think, you know, people um, throughout the COVID saw that, I mean, don't you see in the service department, everything has fallen because people during COVID, because of the shutdown, people got away with everything, you mm -hmm. know, with just, you know, doing something on the, with the phone and with the app. And now we don't have people talking to us anymore because everything became about app. Everything became about long distance due to the fear of the spread. And of course, that's less expensive. So, I mean, one of the reasons I left America is that when I needed even to book a hotel or get my cats from Hawaii to fly to Los Angeles, I couldn't talk to a human being. Everything became about apps. And that doesn't really take care of the customer, for example. Or, a, a personal sorry. touch, a personal touch that's important um, in, in creating success. It can't just be done by Zoom and computer. 
computers, you're saying. That makes a difference. Well, it doesn't have to be, you know, necessarily whether it's about Zoom or not, but it's about being focused on what value am I providing? Like really wanting to provide that value for the customer. Yeah. Like when people come to our certification program, they've already paid for it. They've already paid, you know, the full, whatever, three or four days we're teaching. But for example, if we feel the group is kind of not grounding the information we're giving, you know, to us, it's exciting to put an extra two, three days for them until the information grounds. And we don't have to, we don't owe it, you know, but, you know, you want to do a good job. And when you do a good job and you make the other person and the customer happy, they get what they're looking for, your sense of self-worth goes up. And again, a personal sense of self-worth has a lot to do with the ability to attract success and prosperity. So self-worth has a lot to do with it. When you're a giver, your self-worth goes up, you end up making more money. When your self-worth is all the way down in the boonies, then you don't attract prosperity because you're not a match in your thinking and in your sense of feeling. People want to avoid takers because they were worried about being taken and therefore they they're not creating prosperity, they're creating negative prosperity, I guess. Exactly, because they're just inhaling and not exhaling. There's not enough oxygen to go around. Just amazing. Tell us a little bit about your counseling. Uh, uh, what is the process of counseling? Is there like a questionnaire that people go? Just explain a little bit about how your counseling process works. I just want to touch on something else that, you know, you uh, said in the break about uh, debt in terms of, you know, countries, yes. if you don't mind, and I'll go back there. Um, you know, right now, America is all in that, like, spender's law galore. And I'm like, actually, as a, as a person that used to live there a year ago, very, very worried about it. And um, it's interesting to see it's the same thing. It's the same principles and laws, whether we're individually speaking or speaking in terms of huge countries. Uh, as a contrast to that, uh, when Turkey got out of war and it was like completely poor because I had depleted everything and Atatürk created uh, the Republic of Turkey, this is the exact opposite of, of the spender's laws, what he did. He really kind of tightened the belts uh, taught everybody to get out of the spender's law, was all about saving. And Turkey never had a better economy in the 10 years following, either before or after. So I just want to, you know, point out whether it's the country we're speaking about or the individual, the same principles stand. Yeah. Okay, we're going to hear about the consultation after the, uh, the break here. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answers Show. My guest this hour is Ezra Ogut. Uh, she is the author of the book, Money Does Grow on Trees. And you can find out more at her website, Ike, I-K-E, and Ezra, E-S-R-A, now.com. We'll be back after this. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Do you or someone you love have a life insurance policy that's no longer needed or not affordable? Did you know that you can sell your policy for cash? Your reason for buying life insurance has probably changed. Thousands of Americans turn to life insurance settlements to help sell their policies. They act as your representative, getting the highest market offer for you. You've got nothing to lose by simply inquiring. If you're over 64 with $100,000 or more of life insurance, you may already qualify. Call 877-485-6681 to get your free non-binding appraisal or visit FundingLife.com. Life Insurance Settlements. Discover the true value of your life insurance. 877-485-6681. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. 
Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Ezra Ogut. Uh, She's from Turkey, and her book is called Money Does Grow on Trees, The Myths We Create and Live By. You can find out more at her website, Ike and EzraNow.com. Welcome back to the show, Ezra. Hello, Jordan. So we were going to talk about your consulting business a little bit. Just to describe the process, what is the intake? Is there a questionnaire they do? And uh, is, is it all done online or is it done in person? Just kind of explain how your consulting business works. Sure. Well, um, you know, in Turkey, because of our books, uh, we're pretty well known. So usually, like, if people want to take a consultation, uh, they email us. And um, we work now less with individuals, although there are still some slots. And then we start. Uh, there's no questionnaire. There's no interview. There's no nothing. We just, you know, begin. <laughs> and it's usually same time, uh, same day, uh, once a week. And we recommend, again, depending on the subject and the person, about like, you know, six months uh, is, a, is a good time to begin turning things around. And because it's about reality manifestation uh, principles. It could be, the person could be work about an illness, they could work about a relationship, they could work on prosperity, because again, the principles of how we manifest uh, what we don't want successfully uh, is, is, is the same. It doesn't matter what the subject is. Julie, uh, or do you also do it in groups? Well, there's both. We do individuals, but like I said, we do less and less of that now. We have workshops, sometimes six to ten weeks long, but our big flagship is the certification program that we give where we teach others to become life coaches. And that program actually lasts for a year and a half. And that's the one that we love the most because that's the one where true true changes happen. Uh, where people really change their lives around. And, you know, consciousness is a journey. It's not a doing thing. It's just because you understand principles and you get the logic and you begin to apply. It doesn't mean it's going to work. You've got to have those awarenesses. You've got to have those ahas. You've got to bring your own unconscious mind into the daylight and see the game that you're setting up before things can truly transform so we're very happy to do it. It's kind of like a school. <laughs> it takes a long time, but it's fun. So you told us your experience. Why don't you just give me, without any names, uh, an example of somebody who went through it and, and how they were not in prosperity and how they became in prosperity after going through your course? Uh, say, say that one more time because you kind of slightly broke up. Just say, give us an example of a student who went through the process and what they were like before and what they were like, the, the transformation afterwards. Oh, That's sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, sure, there's millions. Well, one of the things, as I said, is how we focus on things. Are we in the there isn't enough, there isn't enough, lack, lack, lack story? Or are we able to change our mind to begin thinking uh, from, oh, there is, there is, there is, there is, like basically changing the music, changing the beat, that we're telling ourselves. So there was this one girl who really got it. She had come to the course by borrowing a loan from the bank, so she really didn't have any money. And in her savings account, I'll never forget, she had $7, the equivalent of $7 in Turkish liras, which is nothing, obviously. But she understood this, this principle I'm talking about, which is like one of the principles that we teach. So when her uh, money amount became from $7 to 14 instead of saying, oh, so what? You know, she said, oh, I'm so grateful. I just increased my income by 100%. This girl, at the end of nine months, had $70,000 in savings. She bought a home. So that's how fast we can jump if we understand 
the manifestation principles and begin to change the way that we're looking at reality. Because reality is like a mirror. The way that we choose to look at it is the way that it shows back up at us. You, you call it the magic mirror. What, what do you mean by the magic mirror? Well, the magic mirror is this. So many people are, I mean, let me ask you a question, Jordan. Now, whether it's like Wall Street or let's say Bitcoin, like I talk to some people that are, like understand Bitcoin right, left and center. They're like following all the trends. They know economy so well. How come, you know, a person goes into Bitcoin and makes five million dollars and then the B person kind of imitates what the successful one did and loses money? It's timing to some extent. It's belief. I mean, when it's going up, you think it's going to go up forever. And when it's going down, you panic and think it's going to go down forever. So it's a psychological game. It is. However, that timing, how, how come some people have a better timing or cons consistently have a better timing while others don't? See, that right there is whether the person is in prosperity consciousness or not. The one that isn't, they can do, do, do everything perfectly till the cows come home, but somehow they will just catch the market at exactly the wrong time because that is their attraction point. Whereas the other person, someone like me, let's say, not that I've ever done the market thing, but, you know, I might not even know what on earth I'm doing. But if I have my consciousness, prosperity consciousness in place, then I'm always going to attract the correct thing at the correct timing and that's how it works it so it's mystical it sounds like it's not something you control it's like out there in the environment and you're tapping into a power that's there to be tapped into it's not something you're doing it, it's it's a choice of tapping into it or not tapping into it almost well no it's not at all mystical i mean when you understand when you go down and find what the code is for example, I mean, it's logical to say, right, if someone is successful, they will make money. Yes or no? If they're really good at what they do. That is logical, yes. Okay, right? That's regular logic. Well, this lady that I worked with 10, 10 years ago, 10, 15 years ago, she was just starting her jewelry. And she wanted to just work on success, and she didn't want to work on her money codes. And I knew she had a really terrible relationship to prosperity. However, whatever her stories, she did not want to walk down in that department. So I had to support her in the way she wanted to be supported. Right now, her brand is all over the world. It's selling in the U.S., it's selling in England, it's selling in Dubai. I mean, I don't know even how many stores she has. I know her still personally. She is still having money problems, although she's so successful. Why? Because she has a bad relationship with money. Although she is worldwide successful, all the money that's coming in, she's immediately spending it and it's going away. She's figuring out a way to make the money disappear. Because the truth is, she is not belonging to prosperity yet. So it doesn't matter what she does. And it doesn't even matter that she's successful. So it is not at all mystical. You, you say that there are certain laws of success to, to create manifestation. What are some of those laws? One of those laws is to follow the inspiration. Unfortunately, we are so conditioned to always use our mind, mind, mind to figure our way in the world. And although the mind and intelligence is a super, super important potential that we have, it is not really there to give us guidance. What should be giving us guidance is intuition which most of us don't use or don't learn about. Uh, and that's our internal guidance. Now, when we are clear about a goal that we want, and if we're aligned with the goal, meaning if we don't have belief systems that are against the goal we have, our internal guidance system works wonderfully through feelings. For example, I don't know anything about investment. I really don't. And yet, each time I bought real estate, like in a very short time, it really went up super fast. And it was based not on, I mean, of course, I looked at the market and looked at the numbers, but there's no way I could have known it was going to raise so much. But there was, in terms of the timing and in terms of the house and in terms of the place, if it's exciting to me, it's a yes for me. And when I follow that excitement without getting into doubt, 
each and every time there has been a story of success because my internal guidance is talking to me. Whereas when I do the opposite, and I have also done the opposite, where I get all logical and I'm like, okay, well, this is what, you know, so-and-so says, and this is what I need to do, and it's just not feeling right. You know what? It hasn't worked. So that internal guidance and understanding how to get out of the mind and use our intuition is super, super important. Um, Don't trust their intuition. It's hard to, if it's telling you to do something and you don't, it doesn't seem logical, it's going to be hard for people to follow their intuition instead of their logic. How, how do you get over that? Well, you can try with the less important things, you know, whatever, like uh, trying to find a parking space or something like that, because you're right. You've got to start with baby steps to be able to learn how to trust the intuition and to learn what voice is the ego and what voice and what the intuition really feels like in the body. So you wouldn't use, if you don't know how to use your intuition, you wouldn't start off with like trying to use it on big decisions. But like a child playing a game, you can start with the small things. And through that, you can figure it out. And everybody has intuition. Is it, is it a skill that you develop over time? or is it just something We're born with it, but we're, we're conditioned out of it. Because as a child, it's like, no, this is right, this is wrong. You feel like playing, no, don't play. Now you have to do your homework. I mean, even the salmon, salmon has intuition. You know that the, the female salmon, they find the exact same river that they are born to after being in the ocean. Now, if a fish has that kind of intuition when they can flow into the ocean and find the exact river that they were born in in order to give birth, is it possible as human beings that we don't have intuition? We're born with it. <laughs> Does every living creature have intuition? Well, because they're not so stuck in their mind, yeah, that's why animals, you know, they feel an earthquake before it actually manifests and they have enough time to get out of danger. Mm-hmm. It's, it's an amazing thing. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> so one, that, one thing you, you, mm-hmm. you talk about in, in the book is uh, the gain. What is the gain? That's, is that like a goal? What, what do you mean when you say what is the gain? Oh, the gain. No, that's uh, that's great. Okay, so let me give you this example uh, about the girl who I told you was uh, going to workshops for, I don't know, 10, 15 years trying to understand how to create prosperity. Uh, Somebody that I I had met and at the coffee house, uh, like I told you at the beginning of the show, I put her into the visualization of her having all these investments and she doesn't have to work anymore. She has all this property where, you know, she's just making money from the rent. And I told you that she started sweating, right? Right. And so she's like, and she started blushing and she started taking off her coat. And she's like, oh my God, what's going on? And I said, well, you know, what is the shame about? Now, she had the belief system, if I have more than enough, then because of me, others will get poor. Then the next question is, okay, so what does what kind of a person does that make you? And she's like, oh, that makes me a bad person. So her gain in not creating further prosperity is to remain in the good people's club. Mm-hmm. That's the benefit of not creating prosperity based and linked on the belief system, the program Amazing. that's inside the computer. Very good. We're going to take another break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Ezra Ogut. She is the author of Money Does Grow on Trees, The Myths We Create and Live By. You can find out more at her website, Ike and Ezra, E-S-R-A, now.com. We'll be back after this. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you a homeowner tired of making monthly mortgage payments with little progress towards paying down your principal? Does paying off your home in five to seven years without making larger or more frequent payments sound appealing? Paying off your home in full in 
five to seven years is really possible thanks to Truth and Equity's Mortgage Equity Optimization System, a money management approach that puts your money to work for you 24-7. If you own a home with some equity, have a decent credit score and verifiable income, you owe it to yourself to learn more about Truth and Equity's program. There's no need to replace your mortgage or refinance in many cases. The system works for new home purchases as well as current mortgages. Your home is your largest investment. Own it outright in five to seven years. Call Truth and Equity, 888-262-5540 or visit truthandequity.com, 888-262-5540. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Ezra Ogut. She's from Turkey, and her next book is called Money Does Grow on Trees, The Myths We Create and Live By. Website to find out more about her is IkeAndEzraNow.com. Welcome back to the show, Ezra. Hi. Example of somebody who and who saw the gain and, and was able to. Yeah, sure, sure. Again, again from the certification program, uh, it was a yoga teacher and she was making about you know a thousand dollars you know a month, and so working on prosperity, of course, you know we went into what her story was and she could uh, we got to locate it with her. And uh, she remembered being a six-year-old, and she's in the car, and the parents are talking about a friend, a close friend of theirs that, like, won the lottery or got some sort of, like, big chunk of money from somewhere. And apparently, like, he divorces the wife. He doesn't hang out with his old friends anymore. So the parents are talking, and they're saying, oh, you know, this is what money does to people. It changes people. It ruins your character. You, you lose your center. You become crazy. So as a five-year-old or six-year-old, her conclusion was, we found, oh my God, if I have too much money, I'll, I'll lose my center. I'll be, you know, off balance and a bad person. So once we were able to get her to see that that's the story that's still ruling her life, well, within uh, two years, she was also quite on her way to making a million dollars too. Uh, given she she had her father's company, but, you know, she was rejecting uh, that possibility, that potential of working there, because that's what happens. Even if the solution is under your nose, if you have a benefit from not creating more money, even if if the treasure is standing right in front of your face, your system isn't going to match it due to the law of attraction. It's not a match. You talk about taming your dragon. How how does one... What is the dragon and how do you tame it? Well, uh, taming the dragon, I love that, uh, you know, movie, How to Train Your Dragon. And so while I was writing, it just came out that way. Uh, but that's the ego that we talk about. How do you manage the ego? And the ego in our system isn't anything good or bad. It's like a knife, you know, you can use to cut it or you can, you know, use to cut bread or to stab somebody. I mean, it's very neutral, a knife. In the same way, the ego is something very neutral and it's something that we need. It's a part of the system. And what the ego does is, like in all the examples I'm giving, once we make up our mind in the examples I'm giving about prosperity, what happens is that ego immediately encapsulates that programming so that you can experience that specific belief as a reality. And it's, it's the ego is the part of us that keeps us in a box so that we can experience that reality. So when we try to get out, it's very, very natural. When we try to transform, change, go to a different perspective, it's very natural and happens for every single one of us that the ego is going to fight us tooth and nail because mm-hmm. we're changing and ego doesn't like change. You also talk about the high magic of the child. What do you mean by that? The high magic of what? The child. You have a chapter called The High Magic of the Child. I have no idea, Jordan, right now. I can't remember. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. Um, and then you talk about the winner's attitude. 
Uh, what is a winner's attitude compared to a loser's attitude? Oh, I love that question. Um, well, again, remember I said uh, how one of the engines, the most important engines in how we manifest our reality is our focus. Whatever we focus on becomes. So when we're walking a path full of fear, let's say we're going to open a new business, right? And we've put all our eggs in one basket, which is never a good idea, but let's say we did. And we're basically beginning to walk the path saying, oh my God, I hope I don't fail. Oh my God, I hope I don't fail. Oh my God, I, don't, I hope I don't fail. Where's all the focus? What are we visualizing without wanting? Yeah. So we're visualizing the yeah. failure. Yes. So we're going to create that. So the winner's attitude is a way to bypass fear. Like instead of denying it, ignoring it, because ignoring doesn't work, or trying not to think about it doesn't work either. Uh, what you do is you imagine your worst case scenario and you figure out how even if that worst case scenario happens within that picture, you nevertheless become a winner. So let me give an example if we have time. Yes, go ahead. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, after many, many years of, of uh, not doing any acting, when I had come back to Turkey, I was kind of meeting with producers and stuff to do some acting, and it really wasn't going anywhere. Um, and I was meeting some of the best producers. It was just like, oh, one, you know, one rejection after another after another. Finally, my mentor said, Esther, what are you so afraid of that you're not manifesting? And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm... I'm afraid of not being good enough because, you know, I haven't done this for a long time and I'm older now and this and that. So he said, well, you got to make your worst case scenario okay before you can open up to the manifestation. And I'm like, ah, darn, I know you're right. So I began to think, I'm like, okay, what's the benefit of this acting thing not working for me? Uh, I had just started teaching yoga in Turkey. The life coaching had just begun. I was just having my first clients and I was loving it, loving it, loving it. So I thought to myself, you know what, if this acting thing doesn't work out, then that's great because then I can take all my energy and put it to the, you know, yoga and into the coaching that I love to do. I have two businesses. That is the love of my life. So maybe it's a great thing that the acting doesn't happen. What did I do? I made my worst case scenario. Okay. This is happening on us on a Friday or a Saturday. On Monday, I booked a movie. On a Tuesday, I booked a TV series. On a Wednesday, I booked a commercial. All in those three days. Mm -hmm. Because I was no longer walking the path in fear. Mm -hmm. Interesting. In the roughly two minutes we have left, what kind of difference would it make in people's lives to follow your advice compared to what most people are living in, in fear and not prosperity consciousness? Oh, you know, I, it's not about following advice. It's about remembering that you are way more, more powerful than you have any remembrance. And all the answers you're looking for are inside. And if someone can hold the space for you to ask the right questions to your own consciousness, then there's nothing but absolutely nothing that is off limits. Amazing. It's a very hopeful message in a time of uh, a lot of people losing hope in this in this world. So it's very helpful. Well, very good. My guest this hour has been Ezra Ogut. Uh, she is the author of the book, Money Does Grow on Trees, The Myths We Create and Live By. You can find out more at her website, ikeandezranow.com. Thanks so much, Ezra. I think we've learned an awful lot this last hour. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you for having me. Thanks again, and we'll be back next week with another edition of The Money Answer Show. Goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and The Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.